nothing and make something incredible out of it. In order for him to do his work in us, we need to empty ourselves out so that he can fill us up. But oftentimes, we come to Jesus, we come to God so full, so full of so many different things. And so today, we're going to talk about being emptied to be filled. There's a story in 2 Kings. You don't have to turn there. I'll have you turn in just a minute to, in your Bibles uh, to different uh, passages. But 2 Kings 1-7 is a story of a guy named Elisha. Elisha, uh, this is a very famous Sunday school story that's told to kids uh, throughout the ages. One of the, uh, one of the members that is in this story is a, is a widow who has recently been widowed and her husband has gone. And so the authorities come in and they want to take away and sell her sons that she has because she has nothing left to give. And, and Elisha steps in and he comes in and he says, well, what do you need? And she says, well, we need money. <laughs> we need money. And, and he says, what can I do to help? And she says, well, uh, tell me this. What do you got in the house? And she looks around the house and there's nothing there. And she finally finds one little bottle, a flask of oil. And Elisha said, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to your neighbors, and I want you to borrow as many empty jars as you possibly can and bring them back here. So the boys go, and they go knock on doors. Can we borrow some bottles? What for? Just going to borrow some bottles. And they come, and they fill the house full of bottles. And he goes, and they shut the door. And he says, pour the olive oil from your flask into each of the jars, and set it aside when it's filled. Okay, but there's only one bottle. Do it. So she does it, and she fills the bottle, and the bottle is still full. And she fills another bottle, and another bottle, and another bottle. And the story goes on. She said, there's no more bottles to be filled. Every container that the boys had gotten was full. And now this woman had a dowry, had something that she could build her life on because Elisha came in through God's power and took something out of nothing and empty, took an empty thing and filled it up and did something incredible with that. And so I ask you today, what's the role of the jar? What's the role of the cup? What's the role of the thing that needs to be filled up? You know what the role of that is? It's to be taken and something poured into it, so it's useful. So it's useful. The question is, what's the only thing that's got to be true of the jar in order for it to be filled? You know what it is? It has to be empty. It has to be empty. The jar has to be empty. If it's not empty can't be filled up. And so some of you today, we'll get back to this in just a minute. Some of you today have come into this place and you've got an empty jar. And some of you, it's not your choice. It's not your choice. Your life has been turned upside down and you're left with nothing. You're sitting here and you're going, man, my marriage is going away. Man, I, I, can't, I can't make it. And so your cup is empty. 
And I want to say to you today this. You're in the right place. You're in the right place. God smiles because he loves to fill up empty things and people. Now, others of you, you've come in here in your jar. It's full. It's full. It's full. Your, your life is full. And you're sitting in this room this morning. You're not even sure why you're here. You're not even sure why you came. But you're here because for whatever reason, <laughs> your life is full. Your, your, your cup is full. And so we're going to learn the next few minutes about the difference between being full and being fulfilled. Let me, let, me, let me run that down for you. Some come empty, some come full, yes. Jesus said about filling what was empty, he said, you see, with those who are hungry, he says, I want to give you something to fill you up that will last, something that will not dissipate, something that will not go away. So if you got your Bibles or your Bible app or whatever you got, turn to Luke 14. We're gonna, there's a bunch of scriptures we're going to go through today. This is a parable known about called the Great Banquet, the Great Banquet. And so let me kind of set the stage for you about the Great Banquet. Jesus, once again, is having this meal with this Pharisee. And remember, Pharisees don't care much for Jesus because he's coming in and he's turning everything upside down. And so this Pharisee is having him here. He's here in his house. And Jesus is once again meeting with Pharisees. Don't know why, but he is. He's sitting there in the Pharisee. His cup is full. His cup is full. And a guy comes in and he's sick. This guy's cup is empty. It's empty. And he comes in and Jesus heals the guy on the Sabbath. And the Pharisee guy whose cup is full goes, uh-oh, you did a no-no. You can't do that. Jesus says, just watch me. And he did. He healed him. And the Pharisee says, you can't do that. That's considered work. You can't do that. So Jesus tells a parable about this great banquet to this crowd that's sitting there watching, trying to catch Jesus, the Bible says. They're trying to catch him. Or says the, this says the Bible, they're trying to catch him in some kind of wrongdoing because they know if they can catch him, he won't be upsetting the apple cart much longer. They can have him arrested and taken away and stop this, this nonsense that he's doing. And so Jesus in this setting tells this parable that is such a deep need and a deep thing for us today. He tells about this banquet. It's a metaphor for the place where God addresses the deepest needs of his people, much like communion. He addresses that, that calming thing that we talked about today. He addresses all your needs at this great banquet. And so at this banquet, he sends this invitation out. I want everybody to come. Go tell everyone. I want to come to the banquet. The table is set. There is so much of everything that you need. Whatever you need is there. Come, come, come. And so the invitation goes out. 
If you look in verse 16 then, I think we'll, we'll pull that up on the screen. Verse 16. A banquet is a place where people come to get fulfilled. It's a place where people come to be filled up. Verse 16. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. And when the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. Crickets. Crickets, nothing. And all of a sudden, the excuses start firing up. The excuses start firing up. Verse 18. But they all begin making excuses. Here it is, excuse number one. I've just bought a field and I must inspect it. Excuse me. I just bought a field. I can't come to your banquet party. That's kind of a reference to personal gain. It's kind of like saying, yeah, we just bought a house and we just don't have time for God right now. We don't have time for Jesus right now. This house is going to keep us busy for a while. You see, it, it needs a lot of work. It needs a lot of attention. And we're going to not be able to make that banquet party that you're having. Well, if you pay attention to our culture... One of the things that our culture teaches us, it teaches us great lessons through, through commercials. And those of you that see any kind of commercial, whether it's not on TV anymore, because a lot of us watch streaming, we don't see commercials, but every commercial venture that we see is telling us, you need this. Drive this car, wear this clone, do these things, and you will be okay. See, we live in a consumer-based culture. A basic definition of consumerism is this. It's the idea that our success and our happiness is tied together. And if you have the right thing because somebody on TikTok said, you need this thing, some influencer said, you need this thing, you need to be here, you need to go here, you need to eat at this restaurant, you need to eat... You we go because we're going to find great happiness at that place and contentment. Amazon has, has tapped into this so big for us today. <laughs> we'll have it for you. Order it now. We'll have it for you by 3 o'clock. It'll be on your doorstep. Yes, I'm going to get filled up. I'll get it. And many of us have packages littering our, our rooms today of things that we've bought and because we can get it just because we can. Don't got to go to Walmart. Not got to go to a mall. Not got to go to anything. I'll just order it. It's right there. I can get my food. I can get everything just by a click of the button. We live in a constant state of consumerism and consumption. We love to think about what's next. So we get this thing and we get it and we go, oh, I'm so glad I get it, but oh, I need this. <laughs> Look over, I need this. Because if I have this for 1995, it'll be incredible. Maybe, maybe. So just follow along. Those things start to make us feel full. They make us feel full. But here's what we're discovering. There's a difference between 
being full and being fulfilled. What do you mean, Jeff? Like you keep stuffing yourself and you stuff yourself and you stuff yourself. You ever go to a Chinese buffet and two hours later you're like, I'm hungry. I am. I'm, you're not. Okay, none of you are. But I, when I eat Chinese food, I always am hungry afterwards. And we stuff ourselves and we stuff ourselves. And all of a sudden we go, not, that didn't really do it. That didn't take care of it. So we come to excuse number two. Banquet's been, the invitation's been sent out. At number two, verse 19, another said, hey, I just bought uh, five pairs of oxen. I want to try them out. Please excuse me. So I can't come. I just bought five oxen, you know, five pairs of. This is reference to work and responsibility. We all got it. I'm a busy, important person. Um, I, I got a life. I'm very, very busy. My calendar's full, and I can't come to the banquet. Busyness is a hedge against emptiness. Let me say that again. Busyness is a hedge against emptiness. Many of us here stay busy so we don't have to face the emptiness. So we don't have to face the emptiness, because the emptiness is Kind of lonely. Kind of, there's no answer for it. I look in there and there's nothing. Emptiness leads us back to busyness. And so we get really busy. We live in a time where in our culture it's an epidemic. We're afraid to slow down because we're going to face something that's sitting there. You know, my marriage really isn't what I thought it was. My kids aren't really, oh, my, my friendships. What, what friends? I don't have any friends. So I'll just stay busy. Busy, 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 busy. Well, how you doing? I'm busy. How you doing? I'm really busy. We're living in a time where we're filling our time and our minds with entertainment and information. An average American spends 1,500 hours a, a year watching TV. By the time you're 65, that's 15 years of your life. The average person under 36 spends six hours on the internet a day. Six hours. That's average. That means by the time you're 65, you'll be on the internet for 25 years. 25 years. What are we doing? What are we doing? Maybe the busyness is a hedge against emptiness. Excuse number three. All right, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm important. I got responsibilities. I can't come. There, what else? What else you got? I got another one. Here it is. Excuse number three, verse 20. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. I can't be there. So Jesus, you know, I appreciate the invitation, but I think I'm going to try to be filled over here at this table that says, love boat. You know, I'm going to go over here. It's all love. Oh, look. They're serving up love here. They're loving acceptance. They're going to, this person's going to really fulfill me. Look at, oh, how great they are. 
They're taking, she completes me. He completes me. Until he doesn't. (laughs) Until she doesn't. Oh, I'll go find another table and another person. Over here, here, look over here. Yeah, he completes me, she completes me. Until they don't, until they don't. I think I'll try to find fullness over here. Do you get the picture? Are you getting what I'm laying down or not? Anybody over here alive? Hello? Our middle section's on vacation. You guys got to do something here today. Come on. Whew. So we come up with these different excuses. So the invitations to the banquet are delivered, and the people say, no, thanks, my cup is full. It's full, it's full, it's full, you know, it's full. Oh, I spilled a little, I got a little bit of time. I think I'll run to church today. I think I'll go do some stuff over here. Yeah, it's, you know, then we fill it back up with something else. Oh, it's full again, don't need it, don't need Jesus, don't need God until, until all of a sudden something real big and bad happens. It all gets spilled out. Uh, Cup's empty. What do I do? What do I do with an empty cup? I'll try to get it on there. I can't find it at the love table. Can't find it at the work and responsibility. What what am I going to do? See, my, my cup is full of, it's full of work, it's full of shopping, it's full of eating, it's full of relationships, it's full of religion, it's full, it's full, it's full, it's full, it's full, it's full. Verse 21 says this, servant returned and told the master what he'd said. His master was furious. I would be too. Got a free banquet here, baby. Everything you need, it's right here. Your deepest, darkest, anything you need, it's there. Not your darkest, that's not a good word. Anything you need is at this banquet. Just come, just come. Show up, empty. Servant returned, said, um... They, they gave excuses. Sorry. They, they are not going to be here. So the, the master says, okay. Okay. Go out in the highways. Go out in the byways. Get the lame, the cripple, the dumb, the, whatever you got. Whatever. Go behind the hedges. Go behind the bars. Go behind any place you see somebody. Bring them in. So he did. And they came. And they came, and the servant comes back, and the ser- and the, the master goes, but bring some more, bring some more. There's still room at the table. There's still room at the table. Go, 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 go. So he goes. So in this parable, who does Jesus represent? He rep- or who does who does the master represent? He represents God. Excuse me. He represents God. That's the master. Go get him. Go out and get him. In this parable, uh, then that's who, that's who God is. 
And he invites many people around this banquet table. And they're all there at the banquet table. And their servant's going to be who? It's going to be Jesus. What did Jesus come for? To invite people to the banquet table. Come, come to the banquet. Come. So fast forward. These people are all at the banquet. Fast forward. Jesus comes. He lives. He dies. And he promises the Holy Spirit. Now follow along. I'm just about done. And so he promises the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes. The Bible tells us when you become a Christian, the Bible says you receive a gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Not spooky, not a ghost, not woo. It's, it's something that comes inside and lives in you. Nowhere closer is God than in you. Because the Holy Spirit comes, lives, takes up residence. Everywhere you go, God goes with you. You got no issue because he's with you everywhere you are. And we read through the book of Acts about uh, the filling of the Holy Spirit. It talks about it all the time. The filling of the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit. What in the world is that filling of the Holy Spirit about? And you read through the book, and you, you, we, we bring our cups, and we bring them to God, and we say, Here, here's my cup. And so I ask you today, <laughs> as you come, and you're a Christian, I hope, and if you're not, you come to Jesus, which cup are you bringing are you bringing a full cup to the Holy Spirit or are you bringing an empty cup? Because follow along what he says, what Paul says in Ephesians 5.18. Go ahead and get to that if you can. 5.18 says this, and I'll read it off the... Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. What a weird analogy. Don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Okay, but why? Why? Well, because if you're already full, you're not going to have any room for the Holy Spirit. If you come to Jesus and your jar is already full of alcohol, I'm just using alcohol. I'm not, I'm not dinging you for a drink. I'm just, ding, I'm just using alcohol. Okay, let's, let's just take this fully all the way out. If you come to Jesus and you're full of alcohol, your, your, your cup is full of alcohol, there's not going to be much room for the Holy Spirit. Empty it out and be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're looking for alcohol to do what you want the Holy Spirit wants you to do, you keep filling your glass and alcohol is all that there is in that glass. And you're trying to be filled. Empty it out. Empty it out. Well, alcohol is going to comfort me. Alcohol is going to make me feel better. Alcohol is going to give me kind of the courage to face whatever it is I'm facing going to help me sleep at night. Alcohol is going to give me some peace to which the Holy Spirit says, that's my job. That's my job. I'm not just talking about alcohol. I'm talking about girls. You want a boy to fulfill you. You want a boy to make everything okay. Boys, don't make everything okay. Boys, screw up everything. Ask the women here that are married to him. The same thing with women. They don't fulfill every... They don't. They don't. Oh, my wife's going to bring me peace. Really? (laughs) 
how stupid are we? I'm not saying it's not okay to be married. It's great to be married. But you can't expect them to be your filling. Jesus has to be your portion. Jesus has to be what fills you up. Jesus brings peace. Jesus brings joy. Jesus brings comfort. Jesus brings those things. Nothing, insert your word, brings it. Porn doesn't bring it. Corn doesn't bring it. I don't care. Nothing fills it up for long term. Nothing. 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 And so the Holy Spirit is looking to some of you, and you come to worship, and you come to church like this this morning, and the, the group gets up here, and they're singing, and Jesus wants to fill you up. And so it depends on which cup you bring. <laughs> if you bring this one and the band stands up here, you're just going to, you're not going to even mouth a word. You're just going to go, well, whatever. But if you come here and you're empty, <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I am lonely. I am hurting. I'm a mess. My family's a mess. He'll fill it up. The Holy Spirit will fill it up. But if you come here full, he can't do his job. He can't do what he said he was going to do. He can't fill up those empty spots that at night cause you to stay up so late. And you can't sleep because you're thinking about the business. You're thinking about the bills. You're thinking about the next thing that you got to do. And you're so distraught, you have no joy, no peace, no happiness and you're living through a life that Jesus came to say, I gave you, I want to give you a full life. What has happened? You're too full. You're too full. Maybe not of yourself. Some of you are. <laughs> Some of you are full of yourself. But a lot of you are full of just stuff. You're full of, you know, I got the cattle, I got the house. I got this, I got that, I got, I, I got a, I'm trying to do this relationship thing and it, it's not working and I'm trying to, trying to grow up and I'm trying to do this, I'm trying. <sighs> Jesus doesn't work with full. He works with empty. He works with empty. And some of you today, some of us today, we're expecting the God to come in and, and do something that he's not going to do. He will not force himself on you. The Holy Spirit will not go, jam, and just come on you. He will not just invade your life. The Holy Spirit will only come if you're empty and you invite him and say, come into my life. You fill up these spots that I've expected my wife to do, that I've expected my husband to do, that I've expected my kids. Oh, I'll have another kid, and that'll make it all good. Yeah, that'll do it. Oh, I'll retire. I'll retire, and everything will be wonderful. Sitting around, what are we going to do now, Mabel? What are we going to do, Mabel? Jesus will show you what to do. Through the Holy Spirit, if you allow him. There's got to be an emptying before there's a filling. 
Let me say it again. There's got to be an emptying before there's a filling. And when the heart is turned upside down and everything there is is contrary to God, it is then that the Spirit will come. When you turn your heart upside down, say, Jesus, just fill it up. Fill up my deceitful, nasty heart. Because my heart is full of, it's just full of bad stuff. Remember today <laughs> that Jesus wants you full, but he wants you full of the Holy Spirit so that you can do the things that you enjoy and that they bring joy to your life. A lot of us, we go on vacations, and the vacations are not enjoyable, and we go, that was horrible. How is that possible? That's supposed to bring peace to us. It's supposed to bring some joy. It's supposed to bring happiness. And we come back from and go, what in the world? See, nothing brings joy and peace except emptying yourself out and letting Jesus fill you back up. His cup is never ending. All you are supposed to do is empty yourself out. Remember, <laughs> Jesus is sitting in this, in this place with this Pharisee. And the Pharisee, he's full. Sick man, isn't I'm sick. I need you. I need you. I need you. He's here. That's what sick people do. And most of you here today, you're sick. Well, that's not nice, Jeff. It's true. You're sick. And Jesus wants to heal you. I didn't say, if you're, I'm not talking about cancer right now. I'm talking about some of the emotional stuff that's going on in your head. About the grief that you're going through. About the, the, the separation. About the whatever you name it is. I'm scared about this. I'm scared about growing up. I'm scared about, about, about growing older. I'm scared about dying. I'm scared, whatever. Jesus wants to meet you. Someone once said, the only person God ever sends away is a person full of himself. A person full of himself. And some of you, you come full, expecting him to do something. And you go, nah, he didn't do it here today. <laughs> didn't do nothing in me. Didn't touch me. That preacher, what is an idiot is he? What in the heck is he talking about? Empty yourself out and see what Jesus does. So this is what I'd like to do. Every week we offer what we call a ministry time here. It's not a time to embarrass you. It's not a time to encourage you to, to do anything funky. It's just to say to you, you and Jesus need to do some business. You need to do some business. And so I'm going to ask you there, as the band comes, come on up, band, that you empty yourself out and see what he does right here where you're sitting, right where you're at. What does Jesus want to do in your life when you empty you out? Would you just listen? Would you listen? And when you, in your heart, would you turn it upside down and say, God, I want you to do this. So before we pray, I, I believe we ought to pray that he's going to empty us. And when the heart, I said this already, but I want to say it again. When your heart's turned upside down and everything is contrary to God is turned out. In other words, you get rid of it. 
You just say, I, I don't want it anymore. Then the Spirit will come. See what happens. Let's pray. Jesus, you know our hearts. You know we're sick. You know we're broken. You know we're a mess. So God, we just we turn our hearts upside down to you and say, would you fill them up? God, there's no way we can face tomorrow. There's no, there's no way we can face today without doing this. So God, would you do a work in somebody here today? I know not everybody, not everybody's going to open up to you, but I know you're going to do something to somebody in this place today.